Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from multiple locations in the San Gabriel Valley of sunny Southern California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead people to Jesus, a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you and opens your heart and inspires you to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hey, Real Life Church, God bless you. It's Pastor Jim. It's good to be with you again. Uh, We have a great pantry over at our Valley Center location now on Saturdays, and it's been a nice uh, move over here, Uh, and we celebrate the fact that we get to be an influence in this neighborhood as well as the Glendora neighborhood. Hello to you over on the Glendora campus. Uh, We love the fact that we get to uh, be a blessing to two neighborhoods at the same time, and our, our goal is Everywhere we open a church location, we want the neighborhood to go, we're so glad we have a church. It's so nice to have them here. They're such good neighbors. Uh, And that should be the case of the church everywhere. The church should be something that's welcome because people know it's going to bring good things to the neighborhood. Uh, We're in a season now of looking at, uh, this is a series of teachings uh, in which we're looking at the kind of influence that God calls us to. If I put my life in Jesus' hands, what kind of influence does he bring to the world through my life? Uh, And as we do this, I've been conscious of the fact that we're in a season as a culture and as a world of of just overt lethargy. Everybody is kind of sluggish. Everybody is kind of tired. This is pandemic residue, where if you were successful, if you were happy, if things were going well, you found out very quickly public culture can be pulled out from under your feet. Money can be pulled out from under your feet. Uh, your, your sense for what science does and how it works can be pulled out from under, under your feet. If you had any confidence in politics, that can be pulled out. A lot of things that we depended on or trusted in or assumed were normal shifted like that. Uh, and then it shifted for a long time. And so now there's, there's sort of a, a culture of, of sluggishness that hangs over the world around us. You've probably watched that there's been all kinds of conversations now about how people are not returning to work or are quitting uh, or are working less or seeking a sort of gig economy rather than ongoing uh, work for an employer. And that's created a challenge for employers all over our country and, and around the world. Uh, we've, uh, we, I've sort of described it as Gen Z has unionized and none of them are gonna do anything unless they all get to do it together. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this, but uh, there, there was a week ago, there was trending on TikTok, a hashtag about quiet quitting, about people who are going to work, but doing absolutely as little as necessary uh, in order to keep their job and their paycheck. Uh, and uh, if, you're, if you're really cool, you know that because you're on TikTok. If you're like me, you found out four days later by reading Forbes. Forbes is like the uncool parent of TikTok. TikTok is like, dad, you're not cool. That was four days ago. Um, but quiet quitting was this new Trend, a new, it wasn't a new trend, it was a new term for a, a trend, that, that people are really tired of feeling like, I, I've just been burning oil to produce something for someone else that doesn't feel all that meaningful to me. And we're at actually kind of a beautiful place as a culture of asking the big questions about meaning and purpose. What is life for? If chasing after comfort and security is not a dependable course, what is life for? And Jesus speaks right into the heart of that question. And that's what we're looking at in this series. As we get into today's study, pray with me. 
Lord, thank you for calling us to a life of meaning and purpose. Thank you for calling us out of pursuits of things that don't satisfy and life that feels pointless and aimless. Thank you for calling us out of brokenness and messes in which we feel like we can no longer accomplish anything because we've ruined our chances. Thank you that in you we get new life and real life and more life. Thank you that in you we get abundant life. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I want to look today uh, again at a passage we kind of hinted at last week, the story of Jesus sending his disciples out into the world to be influencers. This is the moment at which he says, I've taught you what you need to know. I've empowered you with what you need to have. Go change the world. And we're going to pick up uh, where we left off and look again at that moment in the ministry of Jesus. This is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10 at verse 1. So you can open your Bibles up, turn them on, uh, get ready to, to highlight and underline as we go. Uh, this is a fascinating passage. Luke 10, verse 1, listen to God's Word. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Remember, He had 12 disciples who were closest to Him. And then there seems to be this broader circle of 72 who were particularly appointed to ministry. And then, of course, there were hundreds and thousands that followed Him uh, wherever He went. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of Him to every town and place where he was about to go. Don't miss that. He sent them first to where he was going to go. And that's how you and I should think about our ministry. Wherever we, are go, wherever we go, we are going there to announce that Jesus is close behind us. Jesus is with us. Where we go, we announced, we announced Christ is coming. And when Jesus sent them out, he sent them out in pairs. And I've heard all kinds of fanciful sermons about how it was nice for them to have buddies. We need community. We need fellowship. But that's not the context of this passage. The context of this passage is spiritual power. That they, they are sent out in pairs because agreement between two people of faith is a catalyst for spiritual power. He sends them out in pairs because there's power in pairing. Uh, and I mean that honestly. Jesus at one point says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them. Now, Jesus is with you when you pray by yourself. So why does he need to say that? Because when we're paired and we agree with someone else of faith, that is a catalyst for spiritual power. So he sends them out in pairs intentionally. Side note, that's an important thing to consider. Those of you who are single and looking to get married or looking for a, a significant relationship. Think about who you want to be paired with because there are spiritual ramifications. Does he bring you closer to Jesus or does he just look good in your Instagram stories? I mean, Yolanda got both, but keep your priorities straight, right? Second question, is he humble? Uh, verse two, we're only in verse one and we're already lost. Okay, verse two, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go. This is our mission. Go be an influencer. And in this command is a beautiful promise. Your life matters. Your life is valuable. Your life is, is 
designed for important things. And it's not chasing after the wealth of the world that can be pulled out of your hands by a pandemic. It's not slaving away to make somebody else's enterprise go well so that you can have been a cog in an effective machine. Your life matters. Your time matters. Your identity matters. And when Jesus sends you out in the world, it's because you are chosen to make a difference. You have been designed to be an influencer. So in this command is a beautiful promise. You matter, so, no, so now go matter to the world. If you are exhausted, if you are lethargic, if you are sluggish because you have worked at things that have proven to be without reward, maybe it's time to try Jesus. Or if you have been successful at the things of the world and you find them ultimately fairly empty, maybe it's time to try Jesus. What does it profit someone to gain the whole world and lose their soul? Jesus asks. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. So here's the warning. And there are three precautions Jesus is now going to give his disciples as he sends them out. Three warnings, uh, three precautions with which he sends them out to influence the world. Number one in verse four, do not take a purse or bag or sandals. If you take nothing, nothing can be stolen from you. What you take with you is the one thing that matters, which is a message that is eternal. And the minute you give it away, it is immediately replenished. I am sending you out in the world with something of eternal value that cannot be taken for you. Don't stock up on anything else. Don't, don't uh, pack up bags and goods because those are not gonna be worth much to you. Those are gonna weigh you down. I think about people who have been significant influences in the world, people whose stories have changed my story. And I remember a time where I went down to Mexico on a mission trip and I took a group of students and we went down to build houses for the poor. We were gonna go down in a week and in a week we could put up three or four houses side by side. And as we were going down there, I warned the group, it's gonna be hot. There's gonna be hard work. We're gonna have to pour ourselves into it, but we will change people's lives forever by giving them a house. And I was proud of myself. And secretly I was thinking there are gonna be angels up in heaven elbowing each other and going, look at Jim, isn't he doing a great job? We went down and we stayed in a campground with hundreds and hundreds of other teenagers who were all building houses in the neighborhoods. It was rough living and we did good work. There wasn't running water, so we took showers out of bags of water and there were porta potties to use. It was, it was a rough week. But there was a day where one of the staff of the ministry down there came by to meet our youth group and answer questions for our group. And as they did, my students asked all kinds of questions about Mexico and the culture and about the, the house builds. And then one of my students flippantly asked, hey, who cleans the porta potties? And, and this employee of the ministry looked at us seriously and said, the pastors of the churches down here do. During the day, you're building houses for their congregation members. And while you do that, they come and they clean the toilets that hundreds and hundreds of teenagers are using every day. You know whose story I've remembered for 20 years? There were not angels up in heaven elbowing themselves and, look at, and saying, look at Jim giving away a week of his life. I suspect there were angels up in heaven looking down at pastors who themselves were poor, who had next to nothing, and out of their next to nothing sought to give it away to their congregations. 
I suspect the angels up in heaven looked down at them and said, those are the faithful. Don't take a purse and sandals and extra bag. Don't pack heavy. The message you carry is of eternal value and that's all that matters. Don't spend your life chasing after supplies for a journey so that you never get to the journey. What matters is the message that you carry and it is of eternal value. That's his first precaution. Second precaution. Verse four, and do not greet anyone on the road. Uh, this one may seem counterintuitive because Jesus is sending people out to influence other people. You would think greeting people on the road would be the first thing you would do. But what he means here is don't stop and chit chat when you have a mission and a goal in mind. When you're going to a certain place, when I'm sending you to a certain city, don't get distracted along the way. Go where I'm sending you. Uh, one of the great influencers of church history was a guy named John Wesley. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. If you have a Methodist Church in your town, which you probably do, that all originated with one guy whose name was John Wesley. And he was a great preacher and evangelist. He lived kind of a rough life, but his life changed the world because he dedicated himself to living every day with a passion for the mission that God had called him to, the mission of influencing the world for the name of Jesus. Wesley would go to towns where he was driven out of a church and would then stand in the field across the street and preach the gospel to whoever would listen. Wesley at one point crafted a parable to talk about the mission of influence that you and I are called to. He said, imagine that the day will come where you have to go to an island far away and you're going to move there and live there. And they speak a different language and they eat different food and they have a different culture. Well, what are you going to do in order to prepare to go to this island? If you get there and you're not prepared, you won't be accepted and you won't survive. The island, which is called the island of Nivea, he says, sends an ambassador to you. And the ambassador's job is to prepare you for the upcoming day where you will go to the island of Nivea. The, the days are counting down. You have a certain amount of time before you'll get there and you have to be prepared or you won't fit in and you won't survive. So what is the ambassador going to do when they arrive? Is she going to talk to you about sports and the weather? Is she going to chit chat and spend idle time with you? Or is she going to get right to the focus of the fact that you need to get ready for the day that's coming? Well, Wesley says, heaven is just like the island of Nivea. Nivea is of course heaven spelled backwards. Heaven is just like the island of Nivea. Our, our days until we stand in front of God are being counted down. There's only a certain number of them. And the day will come where we stand before God's throne and have to give an account of our lives. What are you going to do between now and then? Are you going to spend your life talking about sports and the weather? Because the day is going to come. Or are you going to spend your time learning the language of heaven, preparing for the culture of heaven, Focusing your mind and heart on the life of Jesus, who is the doorway to heaven. The day is coming, so don't stop on the road and chit-chat about meaningless stuff. Get to the mission that matters. Jesus has given you a purpose in this life, and it counts for everything. And anything else we do is a distraction. But there's a, a beautiful promise contained in this precaution. 
The message that you have is of eternal value. You don't need to pack anything else along the way and you don't need to spend your time looking for idle curiosities. You have a life that matters. Jesus has already given it to you. He's already called you to it. He's already prepared you for it and he wants to send you out into the world to live a life that matters. You are a VIP in the kingdom of God. You are a, a purposeful person. So, so don't, don't get lost in distractions. Focus on the things that matter most. And now he'll go on. And there's a third precaution, but he starts with the positive side of it. He starts with the promise of it. Verse five, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. And I've heard all kinds of fancy sermons about this, talking about you know, how Jesus is using a metaphor here. This isn't a metaphor. The, the context of this passage is about spiritual power that prepares us for our mission. And the spiritual power that Jesus has given us is to be peacemakers in the world. I remember a woman asking me to pray for her because she was struggling with anxiety. And literally her breathing was fast, her pulse was racing, she couldn't calm down. And she asked if I would pray for her. And as I prayed for her, her focus shifted from the worries of this world to the God who holds the world in his hands. And I visibly saw peace pass over her countenance and bring her to a place of calm that she was not in before. There's spiritual power in being a person of faith because you get to bless people with peace. God said to Moses, I'll go with you and you will have Rest, rest is the sign of God's presence being with us. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Every day has enough worries of its own. But if you'll stick with me, if you'll take my yoke upon you, it's light and I will give you rest. When we follow Jesus, Jesus makes us peacemakers and sends us out in the world spiritually empowered to share peace. Stay there at this house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Uh, if we have spent our lives developing uh, remarkably sensitive uh, palates with lots of uh, preferences and opinions, we may not have spent our time well. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is how the gospel was spread. And here's the precaution now. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And isn't that fascinating? You leave the same message either way. If you go and are welcomed, you say the kingdom of God has come near. If you go and are rejected, you say the kingdom of God has come near. And there are consequences for that. Uh, and, and you can see those in the, in the next few verses. Uh, Luke 10, 12 to 16 are all the cities that have rejected the message of Jesus and Jesus' warnings against them. If you go to someone and they reject you, don't hang around and listen to the haters. Move on. Because here's the beautiful promise. Jesus has chosen you and loved you and designed you for love. He's designed you to live in loving relationships. Don't get bogged down by the haters. Just move on to the next town. You have an eternal message. You have a life of influence. You are loved and cherished. 
don't listen to the haters. Their message is going to die anyway. And then you skip down to verse 17 and see what happens when they came back. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. And again, blessed in Greek is just the word makarios, which means happy. Happy are the eyes that get to see what you see. What you are seeing is the kind of thing that makes people happy. You, you get to see lives change. You get to realize that your life has purpose. You're not just living as a cog in someone else's machine. You're not just living to make money which won't satisfy you anyway. You have an eternal message. You are absolutely loved and cherished. You're going to go out and share that message and watch lives be changed in Jesus' name. There is not a happier life to live. As you go out and live this life, the angels up in heaven are going to elbow each other and go, they're having a lot of fun down there. Heaven's not going to be that, that exciting if they have this much fun on earth. Because when we live for Jesus, we live a life of meaning and purpose. This is what Jesus did in, in the Gospels. This is what Jesus did when he sent out the 72. It's like this. There's a story in the book of Judges about a leader of God's people named Samson. And Samson is constantly at war with the Philistines who want to wipe out God's people. And there's a point where Samson does, does something kind of tricky to get back at the Philistines. He goes to their camp at night and he captures a bunch of foxes, a bunch of little critters, and he ties their tails together. He ties them together in pairs. And then he ties a torch to their tails and lights the torch on fire and sets them loose in the Philistines' harvest. And so these pairs of foxes with their tails to, tail to get, uh, uh, tied together on fire are let loose and they set the harvest on fire. Well, that is exactly what Jesus does with his disciples. He ties us together in pairs. He sets us on fire with the Holy Spirit. He sets us on fire with the Holy Spirit because only with the Holy Spirit can we pray for healing and expect people to be healed. Only with the Holy Spirit can we tell dark things to go away and expect that people will be freed. Only with the Holy Spirit can we promise people peace and expect that they will be spiritually transformed into peaceful people. It is by the Holy Spirit that we live. He sets his disciples in pairs on fire with the Holy Spirit and sends them out in the harvest to set the world on fire. And that is the calling that you and I live. You and I have been called to live beautiful, powerful, meaningful lives. And it is not a burden, it's a reward. Think about how many people in our culture right now are exhausted they hate their jobs, they don't want to spend time in relationships, and the vacations they are taking are not renewing them. You've been called to live a life of influence, a life of meaning, a life of purpose, and in that you will find makarios, happiness. Because as we go about our businesses in the world, as followers of Jesus, we know that Jesus has made us for this. Jesus has called us to this. Jesus has sent us to this. And everywhere we go, Jesus goes with us. There is not a better life than that one. Let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you that you sent your disciples out and you told them you don't need to take anything with you. You don't need to stop and find idle curiosities along the way and you don't need to listen to the haters. I send you out with a message of eternal purpose. It will change your life and change the world. Thank you that we get to be bearers of that message. Thank you that we get to live lives of passion and meaning and fun and adventure. Thank you that when life is done, if we've lived life for you, we will look back and say, what a beautiful life that was. Thank you, Jesus, for the life that you give us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Go be the church. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.